It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. What's happening, Reggie, Wednesday already? It's hump day, back in the lab, talking to my guy, Luke underscore Spinman. Spin. We are, baby. <laughs> hey, plenty to catch up on today, talking twins, of course. We'll get to that in a second. Plus, Justin Jefferson's chances at winning the receiving title with Kevin O'Connell calling the shots. Plus, later, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. It's all coming up on Superior Sports Talk. So let's talk about those twins, shall we? Mm. That's what you call a heartbreaker last night. I'm still picking up. There's a piece of my heart. I'm still picking up pieces from last night, Reggie. There's a piece over here. Oh, there's a piece right there. And absolutely, Get it all up. It's a worst-case scenario. Head into the game with the lead shrunk down to one. Eight of your next 11 with Cleveland. You want to come out, make a good first impression. Got your stud on the mound in Joe Ryan. Luisa Rice hits a three-run bomb, lifts you up two with just two innings left. But Emilio Gon serves up a two-run homer, ties it back up in the eighth. Poof, lead gone just like that. Here's a tweet from Aaron Gleeman, by the way, last night after that home run. Emilio Pagan has allowed 14 homers in his last 33 innings dating back to last season. His career rate of 1.8 homers allowed per nine innings is the highest in MLB history among pitchers with at least 250 games. So, like, not necessarily Hall of Fame numbers. Not ooh, great, Bob. Ooh, ooh, but, quick, quick, yep, Luke. Give me, yep. give me Taylor Rogers stats. Ah, don't do oh, it. Don't do it. Twisting oh, the knife, no. Reggie. You're oh, twisting no. the knife. You know, still tied up in the eighth, though, right? So, got to go make some magic happen. Johan Duran comes in, ring him up, sit him down. Pitches two great innings, gets out of one jam. Twins have runners on first and second in the bottom of the tenth. Heart of the lineup up. Correa, Kepler, Sanchez. Three studs, three strikeouts. Ring him up, sit him down. Guardians get a soft single the very next inning, win 6-5, take game one. Oh, by the way, the White Sox came back on the Blue Jays last night too. So when I say worst case scenario, there it is. Reggie, quick thoughts on last night's game. This game was the epitome of just toying with <laughs> the fans. Like, you know, Joe Ryan comes out, spots them uh, three, and you're just like, oh, dang, man, what's going on with Joe? Then he comes out, retires like the last seven, like looking like Joe Ryan, just smoking Joe. And you're like, okay, all right, let's do this. You know, Kirilov comes off, comes out and has the two-run double. And you're like, okay, they're in striking distance. Uh, Luisa Rice had the just blunder 
in the first inning. It's just like, what are you doing? Still mm-hmm. called out anyway? I, mm-hmm. Sometimes I, the rules are hard. I don't, I don't understand the rules. But he, he just botches that one. And he comes back and just redeems himself in the best of ways. The first one, thought he got all of it. It hit off the top of the wall. That was a double. And then the next time he comes up, oh, yeah, just, you know, just your casual three-run bomb to take the lead in 5-3. You're like, oh, man, this Twins team is cooking with gas. You know, like, they're hotter than the fish grease at the cookout, baby. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going up on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And everything is doing well. And then I remember we were cutting highlights last night for the 10 o'clock sportscast. And we were like, okay, we'll go Kirilov and we'll go Arise. And then, you know, maybe one more play, you know, we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens. Mm -hmm. And then Reyes hits the home run and you're just like, you have got to be kidding me. And you go to extras and it's so you have some great moments, Deron. Mm-hmm. Gets into the, the trouble and, and gets out of it with the double play. He's juiced up. The crowd's juiced up. It's like, okay, it's lit. It's lit, baby. And then the very next inning and Griffin Jacks just comes out, gives up the 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 base hit to mm-hmm. score the run. And right there at the warning track, right at the end, that could have been the difference. That would have been cool to have a walk-off last night. Oh. would have been just a perfect ending to the game. Just a, an emotional roller coaster of a game with the perfect ending, and at the warning track, and that's it, ball game. And it's just kind of it's kind of tough as you've kind of seen over the last few weeks. This lead just dwindling down from you know six three one going into last night, and now boom, poof, even up, even up in this in this divisional race, and now you're like man. We got seven more of these things, mm-hmm. and and I don't know. You know, you, you feel confident about Sonny Gray tonight. You feel confident about Smelser tomorrow. And, you know, as Pop said on Friday, you live. You live to fight another day. And and so, you know, we, we give them that, but that was tough. That was a brutal way to give up the divisional lead. Yeah, that one hurt. It stings. But you know what doesn't sting, Reg? Saving time and money when using Rock Auto. (laughs) Rock Auto is a family-served business serving do-it-yourselfers like Reggie and I for over 20 years. Reliably low prices for every customer. Brake parts, tail lamps, even new carpet for your vehicle. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section so they know we sent you. That's rockauto.com. So maybe that was actually the best case scenario last night. Bear with me for a second. Maybe that was the best thing that could have happened to the Twins because now it's never been clear. If they want to make a run, they got to go out and get pitching help, period. These first two and a half months, hey, it's been a lot of fun. What, first place since April 23rd, but the writing's on the wall. It's in high def, crystal clear, 4K, OLED. This Twins team cannot keep up that same pace that we just went through without some reliever help. What's your gut say, Reggie? I mean, do they get aggressive, trade a top prospect and get another proven reliever? Or do they stand pat and just watch their lead dwindle? Maybe they end up finishing second or third this year. 
Or do they just blow the whole thing up and trade a guy like Correa and another big name and say, hey, we had fun while it lasted, but this was never supposed to be our year? <laughs> that last option is not, Absolutely you know, not. considering what they said before the season started, that mm-hmm. they had championship expectations. Like, no, this this is supposed to be the year. Like, the the long, long playoff drought that they've had where they, they haven't been able to secure a series win, like, they are hoping to get over that this year. And so I don't see them doing something drastic like that, especially not for a reliever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talked to Brandon Warren last week, he made some good points that, you know, you don't necessarily have to mortgage the future to get, you know, some good bullpen depth and bullpen help. And I think maybe they don't have to trade away a top prospect but they do have to give up somebody at some point to get at least one. They probably need two arms because, you know, it's just so crazy. Like, you can rely on Duran, like, and, and he's just his first year doing it. But then beyond that, you're just like, man, I, you're praying. Yeah. Once they get out of the inning, you're like, well, thank you, Jesus. I was not <laughs> expecting that, Lord. And it's just like. Something has to get like you're holding your breath every time a reliever comes in, and that should not be the case, especially when the bats are doing what they should be doing. Like that was electric, man. Luisa Rice comes through with the blast, and you're just like, oh man, this Twins team is is lit, man. Like this is fun. You should have a bullpen that's able to close like two runs. Mm-hmm. They give you two run cushion. You should have a bullpen that's able to close things down when when the time matters. And it is so unfortunate that it seems like no matter who they throw out there, whether it's Duffy, whether it's Pagan, whether it's Jax, like whoever they throw out there. I know Cotton had a pretty good um, outing yesterday. And it's just like there's only like one or two guys that you could kind of trust to just mm-hmm. get them out of a jam or to just go in and do what it is that they need them to do, which is either preserve the lead or don't give up the lead. Yeah, good and point it's, it's, oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's, it's just rough to see them time and time again come in in these high leverage situations and just blow it every time. And so, and so, like, you need to stop the bleeding somehow. I don't believe that they have to trade away like a top prospect, if you will, mm-hmm. but they do have to get somebody out of there to bring somebody um, who can be consistent in that bullpen. Yeah, consistency, obviously a huge word. Trust, though, the other big word, you're right, outside of one or two arms, just not a lot of trust, like rolling the dice every time. And if you want to be a legitimate playoff contender that actually wins a series or two, goes deep into the playoffs and contends for this thing at the end, you got to have a lot more trust and faith. You can go and turn to that bullpen and have more than just one, maybe two options. And I know we talk a lot about, all right, they got to trade for a reliever. Let's say that percentage is 85% chance they're going to trade for a reliever at some point. What do you think the chances are that the bats have been so inconsistent? Now, they put up five runs last night. You expect more times than not. Hopefully that's enough to win. But 
Nelson Cruz's name has been thrown out there a little bit. Bring him back home. Have a little homecoming reunion with Nelson Cruz, who when they broke the home run record just a few years ago, Nelson Cruz was a big part of that. Do you think there's a chance they add a bat in this mix too, or just too much going on right now in that lineup with those last three, four spots rotating five, six, seven different young names in there right now? Watching the Twins over the last several months, like I think you can truly say with certainty, they don't need another bat. Like, that's not the problem with this team. You know, there have been times where the bats go silent, where you're just like, dang, what's going on? Like, what's happening? But, like, then the next game they come out and they set it on fire, seven, eight, nine, ten runs, and you're just like, okay, yeah, they're good, they're good. No no worries there. I don't worry about the bats. They need some arm. Twins fans on Twitter, you heard it live here. Reggie putting that one to rest, put that one to bed, tuck it in. Nelson Cruz, <laughs> it ain't happening, all right? And I'm with you, man. There, there's more than enough bats here to go around. Have they been inconsistent and caught cold once in a while? Yes. Buxton, what, 0 for 4 last night with a walk, couple Ks? It'll come around. It's a long season. Have faith in your talent. And there's ebbs and flows throughout this long season. We've seen it. They can go double digits. Interesting to see, again, Kenta Maeda, maybe, if they do make the playoffs, does come back. And what role he may play, too, maybe as a late-inning reliever kind of guy. Twins still have plenty of time to rebound. Seven of their next 10 against Cleveland on deck. Game two tonight in the backyard, Target Field. A pivotal stretch here. Both teams battling for the top spot in the division, which is now for the first time again since April 23rd, all tied up. Sonny Gray on the mound tonight, hoping he can have a similar experience like they did in Seattle when Joe Ryan loses game one, but it's always Sonny, comes back, got him the dub in game two. First pitch tonight, 6.40 p.m., rest assured, Reggie and I will be back here tomorrow to break it all down. All right. The Minnesota Vikings kick off training camp in just over a month. Minnesota Vikings reporter Kevin Seifert was a part of a 32-team collaboration this weekend, breaking down all the biggest rookie storylines heading into camp. For the Vikings, it was the safety battle. First-round pick, Lewis Seen, second-year man, Cam Bynum, that led the way. Reggie, it's been talked about so much on this show. Cam Bynum, he did flash quite a bit last year. Rangy, athletic, good hands, feel for the speed of the game already, but... Sorry, you just don't use a first-round pick on a kid and not expect him to come in and play. It's just how it works. So one way or another, whether it's Bynum starts out the gate and they bring Cena along slowly those first couple weeks, whether it's a three-safety package on certain down and distances throughout the game on passing downs, or whether it's just Cena coming into camp in preseason, just balling out like a first-round pick could. Coaches say, hey, he's gone out there. He's earned this starting spot. One way or another, though, it's got to be Lewis Cena on the field more than he's not by early October at the latest. What's your thoughts on this safety battle and how it could shake out maybe early in training camp versus by the time we start in week one? You know, so many people were critical of Kwesi when he came out, you know, at the start of free agency and was just like, yeah, we're building for the future and the present. Mm. And it's just like, well, it's one or the other, bro. Like, what what, what do you mean? <laughs> and when they drafted Lewis Seen, I think the the picture could be a little bit more clear because they have Harrison Smith and, you know, the dude's probably a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, okay, all right, we're set there. But then now you got this future here and you're just like, okay, well, I mean, the guy is athletic. You know, he's an exciting young player. He's like, he's kind of like comparable to like the, the Anthony Edwards of, of the Vikings, if you will. They brought him in. 
he's just this really cool dude, exciting guy, just, you know, fun dude. And he's ready to go out there and, and hit somebody. You know, he literally said that. <laughs> and so I think you got to find a way to get this guy in there. That being said, when Harrison Smith was out last season, man, like Cam Bynum was fantastic. And you're just like, you expect him to to take a step forward. You know, Mike Zimmer was partial to the veterans. And so when Smith was ready to go, he was back in there and Bynum was, you know, relegated to backup duty. But we've seen that Bynum is capable. And what is going to be really cool, you know, you don't see a lot of competition, you know, all over the field. But this new coaching staff wants to see what everybody is about. And so they're breeding competition within this team. And I think we're going to see a lot of good battles in training camp. And that's going to be one of them, whether or not Bynum or Scene starts. I think what is the best case scenario is something that you mentioned. You know, Bynum plays so well, Scene plays so well that you got to find a way to put them both in there at the same time with Harry. So some type of package where all three are playing at the same time. Maybe Bynum goes into like a nickel slot or something Mm -hmm. like that. Maybe – you know, there's there's so many ways that they can get all of them involved, you know, more consistently. But you, like you say, you don't draft a guy first round pick to just be riding the pine. Like you you expect him to be an impact player and everything that they've said about him up until this point would suggest that they believe that he will be. And it's just a great luxury to have a guy like Cam Bynum there as well, who is young and hungry and ready for his time to shine as well and you're just like well look put them all in there you know uh hunger games may the odds ever be in your favor you know just you know nobody dies you know whatever but i think the the cool part about that is this coaching staff talks a lot about competition and you look across the field you know it's pretty much set at quarterback running back wide receiver you know there's a little bit of competition on the offensive line a little bit on the defensive line You know, the linebackers are pretty much set. A little bit of competition with tight end position. Like, there's not a whole lot of competition out there with some of these positions. And that presents an opportunity to have a spirited competition and may the best man win. Yeah, we talk a lot about this safety battle, for sure, up in the air. This whole defense, though, is brand new. Whole new Mm -hmm. switch here to a 3-4. Yeah, you can probably plug in a lot of the starters right now in Sharpie, but how and where they're going to be used, so many different variations, different variables, sub-packages. We have no idea how those are going to be used. Sub-packages quietly rule the NFL right now. Teams rarely play in their base defense outside of first down much anymore. It's those sub packages, the 3-3-5 look, that's three safeties. That would be a great opportunity again to get all three guys in the mix on the field at the same time. And there is one small case scenario here no one's talking about either, and that's the fact that Harrison Smith, no knock on him whatsoever. You mentioned it, first ballot Hall of Famer, come on. But 11th season, 33 years old now. Maybe it's not the worst idea in the world to save his legs once in a while, give him a few snaps off here or there, and let Bynum and Scene man the field when the right down and distance or game situations unfold. You know, games out of hand in the fourth quarter. No point in putting any more wear and tear on Harry than needed. Just a thought. 
Here's another great thought too, Reggie. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be your number one source for all your betting needs. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports info, including this year's World Series, fights, and even NFL futures. Head to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Can't make up a better segue from that into my next question. NFL future bets are out, and they are hot, especially if you're a Viking fan of skill position players. Justin Jefferson currently only behind Cooper Cup for the receiving title at 8.5 to 1 odds. Throw a buck down, win 850. Dalvin Cook, meanwhile, is tied for third for most rushing yards with Nick Chubb at 11 to 1, behind only Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry at 5 to 1. Reggie, the Vikings brought in Kevin O'Connell and got with the times, pass happy, run up the score, shoot him out league. They dumped that old school approach, ground and pound, play good defense, don't turn the ball over regime. This is going to be a completely new look offense. We know that. And you know, even under Zimmer and his conservative approach, guys like J.J. and Cook still balled out. So when you see these odds, where they are in the mix of other top players, just how high can this ceiling actually be for this entire offense? And specifically skill guys, J.J., Cook, K.J. Osborne, Irv Smith, Adam Thielen, guys like that. I think best case scenario is all these guys are pro bowlers. Mm -hmm. You know, like this Rams offense was so dynamic last year when Matt Stafford needed a bucket. He was able to drop it in to Cooper Cup and he just made a play. Like the guy was just always open for some reason. It was just like, hey, like. You want to double this guy? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. And I know, like, now, you know, with Cooper Cup having been established for several years now, you know, I think that teams are going to be paying a little bit more attention to him. And, you know, it's going to be up to him, you know, on if he can prove his mettle with, you know, the added attention. He's not going to sneak up on anybody anymore. You know, teams are going to be keying on him moving forward and so that kind of leaves the door open for a guy like jj who is always open as well like the guy just gets open he runs great routes he's a a, a tactician is i don't even know if that's the word but he the dude made just, up a word that's how good he i just is. i just made covered, that he's up open. <laughs> i just made that up i don't even know where it came from baby but i think it's it's awesome to see um what he does on the field and we saw last year there were some games where he really wasn't involved like maybe he wanted to be or maybe he should have been. And they made a little bit more of an extra effort to get him the ball. And it, it worked. It paid off. You know, when that offense targets J.J., good things happen. And a lot of times he's open. I mean, give it to him. And there were some missed opportunities last year that could have really ballooned his stats and, you know, Zimmer just always being so true to, to running the football. And I get it when you got a guy like Dalvin Cook, like, you do that. But when you got J.J. and his talent and skill and ability, you try any type of way to get him the ball. And I think that's going to be the challenge with Kevin O'Connell. And I think he's excited about that challenge because that's a, a special talent to go from Cooper Cup OBJ, Van Jefferson, you know, all those guys, to now getting Thielen, Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Dalvin Cook running it out of back out of, out of the backfield. And now you're talking about maybe getting him some touches in the passing game as well. Like 
this offense has the chance to be super, super dynamic. And that just means obliterating all these odds. Here's what I want to know. Everybody since the day O'Connell was brought in said, all right, pass, pass, pass. Passing mm -hmm. league, chuck it up, three, four, five wide. Irv Smith out on the boundary standing up. We still got Delvin Cook. And yeah. you look at him, four best odds to win the rushing title. Look at the guys ahead of him. Jonathan Taylor. Indy's known for running the rock with Jonathan Taylor because they have Jonathan Taylor. Why wouldn't you? Derrick Henry, the <laughs> Titans. They give that man 40 touches a game because you got Derrick Henry. I want to know what this balance and mix is going to look like because as much as we talk about the passing game and all these wide receivers and weapons they have, you still got Dalvin Cook, and you know Kevin O'Connell is going to find ways to use him. Is it going to be more in the passing game, out of the backfield, things like that? Or, you know, in today's day and age, it used to be, well, you run to set up the pass. Now it's almost like you pass to set up the run. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm interested to see this balance here, how nuanced they get, and how many touches and just rushes the Vikings as a whole with Cook, Alexander Madison, Kenan Wongu, rookie Ty Chandler in the mix now. That's a lot of talent in that backfield. I'm just interested as much as we talk about the passing game with Kevin yeah. O'Connell, which will certainly be the top priority. But you can't forget about Dalvin Cook. And when you talk about, you know, Cooper Cup's going to get doubled, well, JJ's going to get more attention. When you got a guy like Dalvin Cook, that forces that safety in the box, and all of a sudden, somebody's got one-on-one -on -one coverage or a little bit looser coverage in that back end and the secondary. Going to be interesting, going to be a lot of fun to watch. Again, training camp coming up just over a month away at TCO facilities. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be all over that by the time training camp kicks off. All right. The time has come. My favorite segments here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat, covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, looking ahead to the 2022 season, the Vikings' biggest free agents look like this. Patrick Peterson, Garrett Bradbury, Irv Smith, Jesse Davis, and Chandon Sullivan. What does it mean when it comes to which position group has the most pressure to find and develop their long-term starters this season? Cornerback, O-line, or tight end? You know, I think it's a, a 1A, 1B thing. Mm -hmm. And I put the offensive line probably lower on that uh, totem pole just because Kevin O'Connell said that was a position that really intrigued him about taking this job. And they've done things over the last few years to bolster that offensive line. And, you, you know, you wonder about a guy like Garrett Bradbury. Do they, you know, re-sign him? I, I think they really just kind of want to see what he does this year. And, you know, then Kevin O'Connell gets a chance to really kind of put his stamp on that offensive line. But I think the top, if I'm going to say 1A and 1B, I do 1A as the tight end and 1B at cornerback. Mm -hmm. Because they lost Tyler Conklin, and now it's Irv Smith Jr.'s job to lose. Like, it's, it's, it's his. What you going to do with it? And if he goes out and balls out, like, then it's, an, then it's a situation where it's just like, okay, he missed all of last season, but then now he's bounced back with a good season. We got to pay him. Can we pay him? And it's just like you look at the depth behind him and you're not very confident in any of those guys because there's just not a whole lot of tape out there on them, one. And two, you're just largely unproven. Like, you, you really don't even know their names, honestly. Like, you know, you talk about, like, Ben Ellison, Johnny Munt. You know, you're just like, well, like, those guys have just kind of been, you know, guys so far in their time in the league. And, you know, hope 
you hope to see them kind of, you know, shine and, and things like that. But you just really don't know. So it's really all on Herb Smith Jr. And they have to develop tight end depth behind him this season. And that's going to be interesting to see. At the cornerback position, they, they drafted Andrew Booth Jr. He's kind of like the heir apparent, you know, to Patrick Peterson. And Patrick Peterson, you know, getting a little longer in the tooth. You know, last game of the season, got the interception, kept the streak alive. But, you know, that was that was that was interesting. That was an interesting experience. And you hope to see, you know, in another year in this defense a little bit more comfortable. I know it's a new system. But just trying to figure out who's gonna be that those long term solutions. You bring Chandon Sullivan over from Green Bay and you're just like, Okay, we'll see what he can do. Add him to the mix with Cam Dantzler and Booth Jr. and Peterson and you know, they got a pretty solid starting cornerback group. But Patrick Peterson is not long for this place, you know, because he's got more years you know, more good years behind him than he does in front of him, I think. And so now you're just like, okay, if Sullivan comes out and balls out, do we bring him back with Booth Jr. and Dantzler and, you know, these are our bookend guys? Or, you know, what do we need to do to strengthen this unit? Because these receivers are coming out better and better every year in this draft. And there's just so many great ones in this league. And, you got to be able to cover those guys. If you can't do that, they aren't going to win very many games. Unless Kevin O'Connell is just good with having shootouts every game. That's why he has such a dynamic offense. You're just like, you know what? We'll keep up with him. It's all good. We, we got this. It's all good. We got this. If they, can, if they could just at least lay a finger on the wide receiver a couple times, it's, it's, it's fine. Just, two fingers would be great. <laughs> but I I'll think what I can get. Yeah, just, you know, swipe at them or something. Push them a little bit. You know, just knock them off their kilter a little bit, you know. But I, I think that's pretty much the, the concern level if you're looking at, you know, future of those mm -hmm. positions. 1A, tight end, 1B, cornerback. Let's just say you lose all five of those names. Mm -hmm. It comes back to investments. What have they invested in the last year, maybe two years, with early draft capital? Well, offensive line, they use a second-round pick on Ed Ingram, third-rounder on Wyatt Davis, Vidarian Lowe in the fifth round. You got some options. Cornerback, secondary, safety. Outside of Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith, they're all young. I mean, Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth Jr., Cam Bynum, Cam Dantzler, Caleb Evans later on in the draft this year. I mean, they're all young. So at least you've invested in both those positions. Tight end, they got nobody. They used a late seventh-round flyer on Nick Muse, but can't count on him. They used another mm -hmm. late-round flyer two years ago on Zach Davidson from SMU. Can't really count on him. Johnny Munt, Ellison, like you mentioned. If Irv Smith balls out, He's going to get paid a lot of money, and the Vikings might not be able to afford that anyways. We haven't seen him stay healthy the last two seasons either, so it may be a lose-lose here for the Vikings that Irv Smith, they may not be able to retain him, whether he just can't stay healthy or he's going to ask for too much money if he does mm -hmm. go ahead and succeed in this Kevin O'Connell offense. It's got to yeah. be tight end position for me. There's at least some backup plans, some plan B and even plan C, some emergency situations with young guys at O-line and the secondary tight end. It's looking bleak, man. In fact, I don't know if you heard this rumor, Kyle Rudolph went on the Paul Allen 90 noon show yesterday on KFAN and said he would love 
he would love it to come back to Lake mm. Minnetonka mm. and Minnesota at TCO and Egan facilities. He would love mm. a reunion, a little homecoming. And it's interesting when you look at this depth chart, man, not a lot going on behind Irv Smith. Reggie and I will keep tabs on that for sure. Again, training camp coming up just a little bit over a month away at TCO facilities. All right. That's a wrap. We're back here tomorrow breaking down more Twins, Vikings, and plenty more. Remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at ReggieWilsonTV and on CARE11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow. Signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.